from the I don't know what to say. I'm just speechless. To the We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles and more from just £2 a ticket. No purchase necessary. For competitions, rules and conditions, see mckinneycompetitions.com. Well, basically, you um, jump off cliffs. Yeah, in a nutshell. Yeah, Yeah, there's a start and a finish. um, Probably about maybe 1,000 feet, 1,200 feet elevation in between. Yeah, it's nice just to have the balance between, you know, working with a fire service all the time and then uh, the mountain bike stuff where I'm out coaching and guiding and uh, organizing events and doing yeah. stuff with like Vetus bikes. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting. We could spend all day talking about this, yeah. but there definitely are parts of the trail center where uh, walkers are on the mountain bike trails. Yeah. Uh, even though they're signposted, uh, they seem to yeah, choose to ignore that. Yes. Which which is dangerous. Very dangerous. I don't know, it's weird. I don't really see it as a massive deal. Um, but people just talk about it all the time. And you look back at it and it's still, the event's still on to this day. And I look at it and sometimes you have to almost pinch yourself going, I was there one day doing that. <laughs> I got third. Uh, but I, I, I just, yeah, I just enjoyed it. You've just been listening to the voice of mountain biker extraordinaire, Glyn O'Brien. If you take a run up to Kilbrony Park next weekend, you'll no doubt spot Glyn leading the pack down the mountain in the first of the Irish downhill mountain bike series. This is your host, Elaine Ingram, and today Glyn tells us all about his long and stellar career, including some complete madness in Utah. Glyn tells us um, where it all began for him and he also shares his thoughts on um, where he thinks mountain biking in Northern Ireland is at the moment and where he hopes it goes. I'm here uh, here with Glyn in, uh, up in Restrever, up in Kilbrony Park. You're basically your backyard, as you may say, and you're just down, down off the mountain. Um, what, were you, what were you doing up there? Tell, tell our yeah, listeners what, uh, what, what, how you spent your morning. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of mountain biking and hiking up and down that hill. So this is practically my backyard, or uh, I see it as a big playground, I think. The Mourns, especially with Trevor. I'm a Yuri man, and uh, born and raised in this area. And I think even back as, I can remember actually back in probably mid to late 80s, nice. my dad putting gears on my BMX. Yeah. And I was riding around Cabroni Park I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. And this here, is me. And here I am, <laughs> you know, 2022, and uh, still basically doing the same thing and, yeah. and loving it. Yeah. So. So you've, um, you've moved on from BMX um, to uh, the big bikes. Yeah. And you, the mountain bike trails here are. How long are they here now? It seems like ages ago since I spoke to you before, Glenn. When uh, you know, after the, the after they 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 built this. The, the, yeah. the, the trails up here so believe um, it or not they? they were opened in 2013 wow so supposed nine years almost 10 years are going to be uh, it seems like a lot longer than that we've been talking about it for, for a long time yeah, and a lot's happened even since 2013 yeah 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 but you were involved in the, building the trails I, I had a, a little bit of input you could say I like you know um, 
uh, I, I helped as much as I could and try and get a bit of, a bit of feedback here and there like and that was because really this as was far your as, as you say like this was your area so you knew I know there was a Scottish guy that was over that was do, that did a lot of the actual building of the tracks as well but I mean you, you I mean you you are you're being modest now you had a lot to do with the well, I mean, uh, a guy called uh, Daffa Davis, a Welsh fella. You yeah. know, he, oh, Welsh, sorry, yeah, did I say Scottish? Yeah, he, Welsh, he, yeah. he designed the trails and, and planned them all out. And then he had other people on board to, to um, I suppose, uh, consult along the way. And uh, I just helped, really, just with a bit of local knowledge. And yeah. uh, and tried to just try, yeah, make the trails as, as, as good as they are today, Alex. So. Yeah, and they're they're quite fast. I mean, you know, they really are. There's a lot, how many miles of trails are there up here now? They're, well, the most popular trail is the Red Loop. Yeah. So, and it's about 26 kilometers. And then there's a, a Black Loop as well. So it's about 16 kilometers. And then there's the two downhill tracks. So they're a bit shorter. They're about the red is the easiest. The red is the easier one. Now yeah. they're kind None of none of them are very easy. There's they're not really easy. that easy, yeah. no. And especially in Restrever, where there's a lot of elevation, um, yeah. there's a lot of climbing to get. No matter to, how, to get no matter it. what one you go on, you still have no, to climb there, to get up there. No, there's no escape. There's no escape from that. <laughs> but the the good side is then once you get up there, the views are unreal. Yeah. So the views over Carniford Lock and Kodak Corner, if you haven't heard of that. Uh, it's worth the effort going up there just yeah. just for the views. It is. It's called Kodak Corner yeah. for a reason. Absolutely. But yeah. even further than that, you go on over Slave Martin, and it takes you as far out as Yellowwater. Yeah. And by the time you finish that, it probably takes the average person about three hours, three and a half hours. So by the time you're done with that, like you know, you're um, you're tired. You've, and you're, you're, you're ready to stop here. You've for, earned your for lunch. Week, yeah, for a week <laughs> off and, and your lunch, like you know. So it's a great day out. Really good, you know, for probably more intermediate level. You know, there, there is ways to do shorter loops. So if you want to come here with a family or you're just starting out, there is little kind of sneaky ways um, to avoid the big climbs. You can ride out basically to yellow water right. uh, and back in again, which is a shorter loop with less climbing. So yeah. yeah. And I noticed I was up here this morning, um, just walking, not on a bike, <laughs> but um, they're doing work on the tracks. It's not on with the tracks, so it's, that's on um, an actual walking path that they're, um, developing, I saw uh, the he the helicopter was here when I was walking, and they were carrying up the stones. It was quite dramatic looking. Yeah. Uh, they were they were at the top car park and bringing the stones over in the helicopter. That's for a walking trail, is it? That's right. Yes. Uh, I think that part of the mountain is closed off now for the week, just basically for the helicopter. Um, I think getting materials uh, to that section of the mountain where the walker trails goes um, is inaccessible by by vehicles. So they've had to drop them in by helicopter. Yeah. So they just drop them in big bags. I think they're ton bags. I know, yeah, it was mad looking. And then there's guys up there really just uh, that unhitches the bags and then yeah they. Put How, the what do you what do you think them. about that? Because for me, I like the way the mountain is now. <laughs> I like the trails being trails, and um, I like them being mud. Yeah. And little secret places, and especially if it's up in the fallow where a lot of people don't go. So, you know what I mean. We're leaving kind of things yeah. alone rather than having uh, paved you know paths do you I have any I, opinion on that no i would have to agree i yeah. just like the the way things are and just leaving things as natural as possible and um, there there is already sort of natural uh, trails about the place that have been there for years and uh, i think for the more experienced hiker or biker you know they're the they're the good trails yeah uh, they're the fun ones uh, and it does feel more like an adventure where yes you put these um these trails in place now uh, and it, it, it has its plus sides where it's more accessible to the general public and it can get up onto the mountains and enjoy themselves and enjoy the views. But it does kind of, on the other hand, take away from that sort of raw uh, adventure feel that, that we all love. 
you just reminded me of something really funny that I just um, uh, saw posted up somewhere. It was a trip advisor. Mm-hmm. It was I don't know if it was a joke or not, but it was um, somebody put up uh, a post about um, Ben Nevis. Right. They'd been up Ben Nevis and the review was really bad because they right. said it was really, really long and it was really, really hard. <laughs> I was tired. And there was, there, was no, there was no restaurant at the top. Yeah. I mean, what sort of a mountain doesn't even have a toilet at the top? Yeah. And it was even worse coming down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that like, and it was cold and windy. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, you have you to realise that we are in the mountains and, you know, this is, yeah, nature yeah, is. Yeah, that's what, what it's all about. Is. That's yeah. what we love. We love, we love feeling the, the wind and the, the cold elements on our, on our face, don't we? Like, and it just makes us feel alive and just, yeah. yeah. And you feel it's worth it when you get down. So, yeah, you feel like yeah, you deserve your cup of tea at the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know... So at this day and age, there's a lot more people using our forest too as well. And it has to be done in a sustainable way. So if these trails don't exist, then people just walk all over the place. Uh, and then the natural habitat gets destroyed. Uh, the nice little bit of single track maybe turns into a metre wide, turns into two metres wide because they're trying to avoid the puddles. Yeah. So it does have its place. Uh, it just has to be done in a very sort of delicate way that's right with the environment. Yeah. And have you noticed now since the lockdown that um, there's been, well, I mean, I've noticed myself, I'm sure you notice there's an awful lot more people out and about, which is brilliant. It's great that people are out and about, but do you find it makes a difference um, with the mountain biking and the walkers and the, is there any, you know, is everybody getting along fine? (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, there's always going to be some, you know, conflict on on certain levels. Uh, Our forests are quite small in, in Northern Ireland. We don't really have that many or certainly... In, in my opinion anyway they're, n- they're nowhere near big enough and uh, lockdown yeah I suppose in a way has been has its positive ways anyway uh, and there's a lot more people getting out into the, the great outdoors and uh, for biking or hiking or whatever it is but that just you know ultimately means more people in a fairly small space yeah so and we all know, have to share we have to share it don't <laughs> we like so we just have to learn to get along with each other don't we and yeah. accept that you know whether you're here for riding horses or uh bikes or walking or whatever it is you want to yeah. do like we just have to learn to respect that and Coexist. get along with people and it's kind of like skiers and snowboarders pretty much pretty <laughs> much the same thing and i like you know so like yeah. we're kind of all here for the same reasons as well so yeah, yeah just just enjoy it really and do you find though that there is there a lot are there walkers that use the bike tracks and vice versa where has there, are there ever any accidents or anything i know <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> you're opening up a can of worms here Elian. <laughs> i'm just wondering see that, that downhill one yeah. you know if anybody walked on that they'd be flattened thankfully <laughs> the issues are not on the downhill tracks uh, with walkers and i'm just going to touch on this because we could spend all day talking about this yeah. but there definitely are parts of the trail center where uh, walkers are on the mountain bike trails. Yeah. Uh, even though there's sign posted, uh, they seem to uh, choose to ignore that. Yes. Which which is dangerous, very dangerous. Uh, and personally, I've come very close to um, coming into contact with a few walkers at times. Uh, yeah. I've been able to get myself stopped and explain to the people uh, that they shouldn't be on this part of the, the trail. Because they are well marked. But they are very yeah they are well marked yeah Yeah. i think people just really choose to ignore it Uh, you know for different reasons sometimes they think 
maybe early on a Monday or Tuesday morning there's not going to be a biker on on the trails so it's okay to go down but literally as quick as you, you could you could think that a couple of seconds later there's a mountain biker comes around the corner at speed you yeah. know and uh, if you're on the trail there's a good chance you could get hit like so don't take any chances stick to the walking yeah, because trails people don't realize the speed of those bikes you know you know it is it is fast and you're not necessarily going to hear yeah and even though you might not got hurt the, the mountain biker coming around the corner might exactly. have to you know take off down the trail and off the trail hit a tree you know yeah whatever exactly, it is so yeah. yeah somebody could end up getting hurt yeah yeah so yeah, but the bikes walkers out there stay off the mountain bike trails yeah. simple <laughs> and any bikers stay off the walking trails. yeah exactly it works both ways doesn't yeah. it it does work both ways and you're absolutely right then that uh yeah there are mountain bikers that go down the walkers trails yeah and uh yeah they as long as we all stick to the rules you're gonna everyone can coexist pretty much pretty yeah. much like yeah as long as uh, we don't take the piss too much like and yeah. uh, if you do see this is for the mountain bikers and if you do see walkers uh try and slow down and just say hello yeah, it's know, just respect mutual that. respect, isn't it? I mean, simple. It's yeah, simple. You yeah. know. Yeah. In general, have the ba- the trails been very successful here? You know, have you had the numbers and since they opened, you know, have there been a lot of people? I think it's been brilliant. Yeah. You know, personally speaking, you know, all the trail centres around uh, Northern Ireland now, Castlewell, uh, even down uh, where have we got Dava. Yeah. Yeah, Gosford. Where else have we got? Uh, Gorton Glen. Yeah. They've all been really successful. Like, you know, so accessible now just to the, the general public and so many more people riding bikes now. Can only be a positive. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we've run numerous events now as well. You've got a big event coming up. There's several events now. Like, yeah, but the, so the, the, the Irish Downhill, the first um, series. The first round is next weekend. Yeah. And it's completely sold out. Oh, so it's great to see downhill and mountain biking being so healthy again and and you're so and you're riding yourself going. i certainly will looking yeah. forward to it yeah get ready to shake up summer with the get active abc sunshine fill program for kids and families get set for land-based adventure at our summer schemes or why not get adventurous and maybe get wet at our splashtastic water sports summer program there are so many things to do and all we need is you see getactiveabc.com summer for all the details Go back to the start with you. You started out, you said, with your BMX uh, when you were a nipper. Yeah. And your family, um, do your parents, did, did you grew up with them? Were they interested in this sort of thing or was it just you took it upon yourself? Or is yeah. there a background in sport? Yeah. Well, I suppose two brothers as well that were riding bikes at the time. And this is back in the, the kind of 80s and 90s when uh, BMX was very popular. And uh, I just thought it was normal, you know, uh, we done, I suppose, as a family. Went along to the BMX races and kind of went over to England a couple of times a year and raced over there, and that was our family holiday. And I thought this was perfectly normal. And then BMX in sort of early 90s kind of fizzled out a little bit and mountain biking taking over. Yeah. So I started, actually done a bit of motocross for a couple of years. And then a friend of mine who used to race BMX with, he got me into the mountain bikes and just having a look back. Just, yeah, just been loving it. And yeah, I mean, it's an excuse to get outside in it and excuse to travel. You know, you make loads of new friends. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's a win-win all around. You, um, t- it's fair to say that you're, you would be quite legendary around these parts, um, in your, <laughs> in your mountain <laughs> biking that. career. Well, yeah. you know, it's it's true. Like you uh, have, um, been you know spearheaded an awful uh, lot of you know an awful lot of the, 
bikers would look up to you as especially the red bull you have to tell us about that the rampage oh yeah rampage so that's a, yeah, so this is this was like huge a long time ago don't yeah, well, like yeah that's that's back Jesus, back in 2000 2003 and 2004 i've done it twice so yeah that was just an event um it wasn't was just an event an event yeah that <laughs> i never really thought about actually going to and then it was a friend of mine a, a guy dave watson he lives in vancouver but he's got family in armagh and so i would have uh, just kind of rode with him and, and hung out with him at the world cup races so i would have considered himself a, a downhill racer mm -hmm. where the rampage is more like a free ride event just something that he didn't really do or think about too much just looked at it in the magazines and bits and pieces it's absolutely mental so I'm it is our 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 um listeners you really have to check out the yeah. footage on youtube yeah google red ball rampage yeah and google glenn glenn o'brien <laughs> and you'll see you'll see what we're talking about here because yeah. it's it's actually even frightening just to yeah. look at yeah it was not definitely was and you think about it you're like what was that all about but it was great it was good good fun all the time but it was my so friend so these trails are really 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 narrow really really high and really really dangerous well basically you um jump off cliffs yeah in, that's a nutshell. in a nutshell yeah. yeah there's a start and a finish um probably about maybe a thousand feet 1200 feet elevation in between and you don't get timed you just get judged on basically the size of the jumps so the size of the cliffs that you jump off uh, so amplitude style and your choice of line so you've been out there in the desert in utah for about a week uh, if you're lucky you have a couple of people with you to help you dig so you basically have to create your own line from start to finish so you build all your jumps uh, and figure out a way from the start to the finish um, by the end of the week then you get two runs and you're judged on each run basically by how much of a risk you want to take so you're so you went big we yeah <laughs> i went as big as i possibly could anyway and it just worked out yeah because you came i'm third. still here yeah i got third first yeah. year around like yeah really surprised myself and then i went back the following year with a lot more confidence and a lot more experience because i knew what to expect then um it just unfortunately didn't work out so good the next time so i i hobbled off with a bit of a, a dodgy knee i think yeah but that's uh, you're lucky that's all to be honest yeah yeah there's a few guys now that weren't so lucky in that event now how difficult was that though in terms of because you're not you know it's a very very different terrain to here so you're used to you know the the, the trails around here the conditions around here you're over there you're in basically in the desert yeah you you said you had to set up your own line I, I know i don't know the technical terms of a mountain biking but i'm assuming that means you just have to get your route from a to b yeah and so that. how hard was that part of it it was that was probably the hardest bit um but i think just through all my own experience through bmx racing and like even uh, when we were young our garden was just full of jumps and berms and <laughs> features for <laughs> for bikes so we were just let loose with shovels and just yeah dug away so that that really helped so that was a it's a, a skill in itself um so digging lines and building jumps and actually being able to read the terrain and read the mountain and seeing how it would actually work uh, that experience i uh, was done years ago um and i think with all my world cup racing uh, riding on different terrain uh, really helped as well so when I, when I turned up even though it was really intimidating and very scary because some of the guys that were there had done it the year before and to me seemed a lot more experienced uh, and it wasn't really until about maybe two or three days into it where I really just started getting the feel for it 
and I got my bike out and actually rode on the train to see what was possible and just to see what it felt like and then just really went from there so yeah it was very difficult intimidating and really scary and you were just nervous the whole week and not a lot of sleeping done until the until the event was done so yeah happy to get that one in the bag and uh, live to tell the tale and even look back like it's it's almost 20 years yeah and we're still talking about it like you know is it kind of like one of those things where you look back and you go how did I how did I ever do that is it our kind of um I don't know it's weird I don't really see it as a massive deal um but people just talk about it all the time and you look back at it and it's still the event still on to this day and I look at it and sometimes you have to almost pinch yourself going I was there one day doing that (laughs) I got third uh but I I I just yeah I just enjoyed it I suppose at the time yeah yeah is that your favorite event that you've ever done is that your favorite memory you know in terms of your career yeah um I, it definitely feels like it's the biggest the biggest achievement I've had strange because it was nothing really that I planned to do or kind of train for or anything you know looking back it probably would have been a, a good idea to kind of maybe concentrate more on that discipline or have started doing things like that earlier in my career but uh, racing was the big thing and uh, certainly in Ireland a uh, that's racing was the only really way when you're mountain biking yeah you were racing like that's all that's all you done free ride wasn't really a thing here right uh so only for so free only ride it's just a, dis- it's a, just a different discipline it. yeah it's a very yeah it's a different discipline it's a, is that not that's not enduro no enduro is, is more cross-country enduro is like yeah like a multi-stage event and yeah. it's like your combined time is the is the winner so it's sort of based on fitness and skill yeah where downhill would be more kind of skill orientated and free ride is all about you know big jumps now these days big tricks yeah uh, just doing all the crazy stuff basically do you find that people that are doing it now are getting crazier and madder and the things are getting definitely is it more competitive now or definitely yeah more competitive it's a very kind of unique discipline not that many people do it but uh, for the guys that do do it it is super technical it's basically like gymnastics on a bike yeah so these guys are proper athletes and they're doing really dangerous high risk technical tricks on a bike um sometimes 50 60 feet in the air and jumping over gaps 100 feet wide so pretty crazy and they probably nowadays it's probably like every sport now it's probably all to do with their nutrition and looking after every aspect of their lives rather yeah well, i i don't know now tell me when when you were doing it back then was it probably more laissez-faire in terms of that kind of thing i mean obviously you're as fit as fiddles <laughs> but you're probably having the crack too and do you know what i mean oh, is it yeah. like <laughs> it was definitely a bit more relaxed back in the day yeah <laughs> we're so now like if m- measuring your and yeah. having your, your oh, people did do that like you know but um certainly now if you want to make it as a professional athlete, like, you know, there, you just have you to, to have be a so switched on in every department. <laughs> like, you know, if you lack in something like, you know, that's you're, you're gone, you're at yeah. the back, aren't you? Like, and you're, you're going to struggle. So yeah, I think as time goes on so it's and we figure fun. out more things. Yeah, <laughs> more, a lot more fun. It is fun as well, learning new things and yeah. yeah, and discovering stuff. And that's part of the adventure in a way where I suppose it's um, human nature in it to try and go faster or go bigger and do all these things. and. Uh, the technology now even with bicycles is just ridiculous like you know and 
Uh, so yeah, like there's Formula so many. Are, it is, it is <laughs> like Formula One and two wheels uh, for for bikes. So there's so many areas that you can work on, and yeah. uh, that's the fun part I think for for riders and athletes these days. Yeah. Mm. And in terms of your work work now, and mm-hmm. um, what are what are you up to these days? Um, you know, are you just training? It feels like everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've been working now with the Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue Service for oh yeah, al- I forgot almost to mention years. Yeah. Jane is a fireman too, and also yeah. the fittest fireman what is it the oh my god I no what was it yeah what was it called oh there you was won the world fire oh the, the and water fire. and fire games yes, yes. we've done that that was 2013 actually yeah yeah uh so basically i stopped racing world cups and and started working for the fire and rescue service yeah shortly after like yeah, yeah. which has been brilliant you know a new challenge i've been really enjoying it feels like a second family you know the guys you work with and also it's been good fun i uh, so it's different, um, very different um, work ethic, I suppose. A lot of the, the kind of skills in a strange way transfer through to the fire service where just how you weigh up sort of risk and reward and how you approach, you know, jobs and and uh, different scenarios. Um, so yeah, I've been really enjoying that now and uh, it's nice just to have the balance between, you know, working with a fire service all the time and then uh, the mountain bike stuff where I'm out coaching and guiding and uh, organizing events and doing yeah. stuff with like Vetus bikes. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, because you were up there, yeah, filming stuff for for Vetus bikes there earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've got a, a mountain bike team as well, uh, and we're all brand ambassadors for Vetus bikes. Yeah. So we're working with those guys constantly. Just um, they've just brought out their 2022 range. So today we were up there just filming content and taking pictures and they'll be putting that stuff on their websites and all their social media and then just on the new bikes and what's new for this year and all that sort of cool stuff. So Yeah. Yep. And so how long do you think you're going to keep up the racing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. As long as a piece oh, of string and all that. <laughs> uh, I, I've always said I'm just going to keep doing it as long as uh, I am stoked to ride bikes and I'm enjoying myself. And the body lets me. Yeah, and you. Why not? But but you don't seem to get a lot of injuries and stuff like that. Is it do you just look after yourself, or is it just because you're skillful at you know what you're doing? I've just been lucky. <laughs> no, you know it's it's like anything. I just kind of touched on it there. You know, weighing up risks and things like that. You know, uh, obviously mountain biking is a fairly high risk sport, but uh, if you accept that and you put the the things in place, you know, you can sort of minimise the risk in a way. And if you don't do anything silly. I uh, that yeah you can and say things just still happen like and mistakes happen and we're only human at the end of the day and you can still fall and hurt yourself but yeah trying to avoid those things uh, as much as I can and not do anything too stupid but at the same time that kind you of fun part risk, yeah. is where you take you take chances and you, yeah. yeah yeah but you you learn from them and yeah yeah but as long as you're riding you know within yourself or maybe pushing the boundaries a little bit so just yeah, not quite within good. yourself a little bit above within yeah, yourself yeah when you start throwing yourself off big jumps where you're not comfortable with or you're not happy with or you're not confident with that's just silly then isn't it that so, comes with experience though doesn't yeah. it you know you probably find younger riders may, maybe get more have more falls and stuff like that because yeah. they probably take take more risks and well, they're not used to younger, it like, you, know, you, you just think you're you think you're more chances yeah. but you also think you're you know yeah. Invincible. You think you're invincible until your first few big crashes. And then What's soon, the worst injury you ever had? Hey, worst injuries. What have I done? Fractured my sternum. 
Oh, here we go. It's going to be a big long list. Well, well a bit of a list, like, but I don't. My, <laughs> it's going to be like my Jaws. Agent, I don't think it's. I don't think it's anything too serious. You know, nothing that's really off the bike anymore for six or eight weeks. And what Broke does somebody like times. you do when you're off the bike for six or eight weeks? Because I can't imagine. I can imagine. I can imagine that you drive your wife nuts for starters. Oh, yeah. I can imagine that you wouldn't be the uh, the type of person that would like to just sit in front of the fire and read a book. No. No. I can't do it. <laughs> I cannot sit down. <laughs> yeah. So what do you no. do when you're injured? I tinker with bikes. <laughs> Figure out projects. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. I suppose it's non-stop. Like, when you're not riding bikes, you're thinking about riding bikes, or you're thinking about the next adventure, you're thinking about the next trail or the next jump you're going to build or you're thinking about uh, yeah, just places you haven't been yet and like, there's a, a world of mountain biking stuff out there that's to be discovered so I just enjoy all, all aspects of it. Is there a, where, where's, where would you like to go? Where, where would be your, your dream place that you would like to go and bike? Dream place I haven't been yet? Yeah. Probably New Zealand. I think I'd like to oh, go I'd there and check it amazing. out. Oh I'd say Yeah. Yeah. Um, heard a lot about it. I think that the, the scene there seems to be really good. Certainly, what I'm seeing, a good bunch of lads. The whole community out there looks looks awesome. Um, so yeah, hopefully someday I'll get the chance to go out there. But I keep getting drawn to Canada. I was just actually going. Always. I was actually it's in my head so going to say to, Canada yeah. because I was speaking to somebody recently um, who's a, a cyclist out there, but he's not. He's like a road cyclist, but he cycles mm. out in Canada. He lives moved to Canada actually. Yeah, and um, it looks. That looks pretty unreal. unreal yeah. It's pretty much the, the mecca of mountain biking. So Whistler, basically, we're talking well, about been there, in that yeah. area. Been there quite a few times. Spent a lot of time there, actually. So if I hadn't been there yet, I, I would be like, I want to go to Whistler. That's it. That would be my number one destination. But I have been there, so I'm just trying to think of places then that I haven't been. Funny enough, I'm going to Whistler in August. Lucky you. For a couple of weeks. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to that. So I've got lots of friends out there as well that we meet up with and uh, people we ride with. And there's a race on. There's a round of the Enduro World Series on at the same time. So uh, we'll go out there. We'll go into race mode for a few days. We'll go into holiday mode for a few days. And yeah. we'll just enjoy it like, yeah. And over there, I know because it was actually Jude Sands I was talking to about. Um, I interviewed him before and he uh, said that... Um, it's really bike they're very very bike friendly over in canada yeah how do you think that compares to here you know in are we doing enough here there's a lot of do you think yeah um, this is this is another can of worms isn't it? Yeah, see, if anybody <laughs> could see could yeah. see glenn's face now when i'm asking him these questions I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it seems like you know and i'm coming from a a, a writer's perspective and an event organizers perspective like where we put on events and you just at times feel so restrained to what we can do and what we can get away with and you just think how much better you can make these events and the amount of people that would travel to come here if we if we kind of had free range to do not whatever we wanted like but uh, there's like just what? so much there's so much scope here there's just so many trails that we could develop and and what about Natural the infrastructure around the area? The you know, there's accommodation actually stuff. pretty. Well, it's okay actually. It's pretty good, like in it. Like we're pretty much slap bang in the middle between Belfast and Dublin. Yeah. You know, so we're never much more than an hour away from a, a ferry port or from an airport. 
So getting here is is quite easy. On the grand scale of things, you know, we go to Canada and you still have to travel two hours yeah. from the airport to get to Western. People do that. You know, this is a lot a lot easier to get to, I suppose. Um, but it's expanding. It's expanding. It's just, I suppose, kind of like our, our bylaws and ways and uh, access to natural trails is very difficult. Uh, it's probably ways, insurance so is probably a big yeah, thing. Yeah, well, that's well. what it is at the end of the day, and it? it's, it's, it's risk. Because it is an extreme and sport. And, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, but at so. the same time, when you look at, you know, places that have mountains that have snow on them and, you know, mm. they make these huge big ski resorts, we have mountains, we don't have snow. You know, yep. this is what we should be doing more of because it's yeah. just as much fun. Yeah, well, like we've got the morns on our doorstep. You know, it's one of the coolest things ever and it's just to have that as your backyard. And uh, in a way, it's just not utilised enough. Yeah. Mm. I know you use big wood a lot. You like big wood, yeah? I do. Yeah. Well, it's quite small though. It is. It's quite small, but for a small forest, there's uh, quite a sort of dense network of trails in there. Good yeah. variety of stuff like yeah, it's, it's really good fun. And they would be just natural trails. Just all natural not. trails, like yeah. So you wouldn't be bumping into a lot of other people out there. Less people around. tend to use it. Um, again, lockdown, you know, seemed to get really busy in there at times where people just went there to because it shows when the travel restrictions were on as well. People from Newry kind of travelled down there a wee bit to to walk and walk their dogs and go biking yeah. and stuff like you know so yeah yeah it got quite popular but now then again we're almost back to normal and people are back down here and, and spread out a bit more so yeah so what's next then i know you said you're going to whistler any any anything else in, coming up any more races coming up yeah next weekend oh there's tons happening this is basically the start of race season the last two years have been reasonably quiet just with lockdown and all the covid restrictions and bits and pieces and we were lucky enough now to get a few events uh, up and running last year. Uh, they were restricted the numbers and all that. Uh, this year, we're we're good to go again. Um, it's a full calendar for off-road racing. All the mountain bike races are back on again. It seems super healthy. There's loads more people that are into mountain biking now. Uh, there's a lot of races to get to, a lot more adventures to happen. Yeah. And uh, I think we're just going to be all over it, like yeah. So. Yeah, and a lot I'm of excited. young, a lot of young people coming up, coming through the ranks that are yeah. starting to, you know, loads of kids even here today. I like, you know, we we're chatting to a couple of kids there a while ago from Kilkeel and they're down, just mountain biking to just hanging out here for the day and uh, riding their bikes up and down the hill there and just loving it. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great to see the kids out. Yeah. yeah. All right, Glenn. Thanks no worries. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy listening to Glenn there, telling us all about the sport that he clearly loves. Um, I hope he does well. Um, next weekend in the competition up in Restrever and if you get a chance um, do go out and um, have a look because it is very exhilarating to watch and in any case it's it's in a, a lovely setting so it'll be a good day out anyway remember to keep getting all of your news from Armagh Eye and I hope you join us next time for our podcast From the I don't know what to say. I'm just speechless. To the We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles and more. From just £2 a ticket. No purchase necessary. For competitions, rules and conditions, see McKinneyCompetitions.com.